Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Basketballers Podcast. Your host, Kyle, along with Chris. Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> How you doing today, man? I'm great. Oh, man. So, lots of uh, lots of stuff has been happening in the basketball world over the last couple of days, but it hasn't been, has been in the NBA. It's been uh, March Madness. March Madness uh, started up this week. How's your bracket holding out? It's, it's doing all right. I have a... I took a couple of really bad L's yeah. at Miami game. Yeah, boy, Oklahoma. <laughs> I, was ho- I was hoping for more out of Trey Young, but I didn't get it. Well, bro, you 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 could just watch that game, bro. And you could tell Oklahoma was a one man show. Trey yeah. Young had no help whatsoever. My boys from Rhode Island, you know, get, getting the job done, had to get them. Uh, probably gonna get smoked by Duke in the second round. I have Duke winning the whole thing. Who do you got winning it? I've got Villanova beating Michigan in the final, and. Um, you know, Villanova took their game against Bama today, so we're holding on. Hey, well, man, Villanova like just exploded in the second half. What, what's, what's been your favorite game so far? Oh, first man. couple days. Oh, it's tough to say. So definitely, it's there's definitely my top two. Um, man, that freaking Loyola game against Miami, that shot. Oh, it's so sick! Just pulled, they caught the shot, boom, with time running down the clock. It was so you were probably crying to yourself having Miami. Yeah, there. I had Miami, and I just that that's one of the games where I just that uh, was one of those games. Like as soon as I saw, I was like, I gotta go Loyola. Like every time I pick Miami, they always get upset. Something bad happens. So you know what? I'm going with my boy from Loyola. I got them Sweet Sixteen, but um, no, it, oh, it was such a crazy game, and obviously. Oh man, UMBC beating Virginia! Oh right. my God, bro, that was insane. We we literally witnessed history. Yes, like we the first time that's ever happened. And thirty four years of that is is happened. Did you see the thing? It was like because apparently the Harvard girls did it a while back, twenty years ago. Yeah, so Harvard goes. Um, uh, welcome, welcome to the, the club. club. <laughs> it's like, are you kidding me? Like, get out of here. Like, of course Harvard has to step in this ball. Like, yeah, well, like, our girls... Bro, like, give UMB credit. That was unbelievable. Oh, my God. Lyles? They played so well. Yeah, like, Lyles, I think he was really, like, just going off. And there's no other way to put it. Like, first half, I think he had five points. Second half, he shot, like, 80%. He was hitting everything. Like, he was hitting floaters, was hitting jump shots. He was dishing to other guys for big threes in the corner. Hitting, like, he hitting floaters from the three-point line. He defined playmaking, and, like, it was it was an insane game. That, that's like, the definition of going off. Like, that's March Madness. There was times, like, like, five, six, seven minutes left in that game where I was like, Virginia had it at 12. Like, Virginia would come down, hit a layup, and, it, you know, like, Virginia didn't really want to go away. But then no. UMBC just came back. They, I think they hit a three in the corner, and it just it pushed it to 16 or 17, and it's like, man. It really came down to the fact that UMBC didn't miss. It they act, they didn't And that's miss. what that like that's all it is too. Like, you know, we could sit here and analyze basketball and talk about this and talk about that, but at the end of the day you gotta make shots. The ball's gotta go through the hoop. That's the oh only my. And it was definitely going through the and the other thing too, Virginia couldn't buy a bucket there for a little bit in yeah. the second half. Oh my I was just sitting there and I was like, there's no way. There's no there's no way a twenty year old me is gonna see this. I, I thought it was gonna have to be like eighty years old before I finally saw it or something. Oh man. Finally happened. Oh, just, unbelievable. Do you think who who are they playing in the second round? I don't even know. UMBC. Uh they would be playing um I don't know. <laughs> do, do you think they're gonna take a second round matchup? Yeah, no, they're going final four. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see what they said? It's like the only reason we won today was because uh the night before we won double 
back-to-back uh, Fortnite wins, so we knew we were going to win today. Oh, my goodness. It's classic Fortnite taking over the world again. Yeah, March Madness has been, has been great to watch. Lots of great games, lots of close finishes. And it's only, we're, we're only the second day one of the second round, too. We have uh, two, you know, two four-seeds are out already. You know, obviously, you've got Virginia who's out. Like, there's a lot going on, man. It's going to be a good couple weeks. To finish out March, you know, it's going to be fun. Bro, watching, like, every year I forget about... There, there's two things that I forget about every March Madness. Every year I get super excited for, but there's always two things that absolutely drive me insane. One is the commercial breaks, because the amount of times that they call a timeout, <laughs> and then a minute later it's a friggin' media timeout. Like, oh, okay, I didn't want to watch the game anyways. I like to see the, like, same NCAA commercial blowing themselves for, like, the third straight week. And then we got, um... Uh, the amount of free throws missed, man. Oh my god, it's so hard to watch. You're watching it and it's like, oh, like they got a chance to, to put themselves up. No, one and one misses, the other team comes down. And, and I makes think, it like, some people, some people watch it and, and try to compare it to NBA basketball, and it's like, you got, like, these are 18 year old kids. Like, these... yeah, my buddy Jack, like, Jack made a really good point when he said, um, <laughs> if you really think about it, like, a lot of these teams. A lot of them don't have good NBA players, or good basketball players. Like, they're all crazy athletic, and that's why they've gotten to this point. Yeah. But, like, this is it for them, man. They're not going to go to the NBA. They most likely won't be playing in the G League either. And it's, it's, that's what it comes down to. you got to think, you're not, you're not watching NBA players here. And then that, that's another thing, too. Like, it's funny how you think, think, think of the worst player in the NBA right now. Let's just say... Um, Timothy Mozgov. Okay, sure. Timothy Mozgov. Put Timothy Mozgov on the NCAA. Dude's averaging like thirty-five and twenty a game, and it's not even close, bro. Yeah. That, that it's a similar kind of like dynamic as to when you see like bench players, you know, young bench players going into the G League and they put up triple doubles like it's nothing, and they put up thirty and hit seven threes every night. And it's like you know the level of competition is just not. It's not even close. Oh man, like and. There's a lot of this. This is looking like it's going to be another deep draft, and there's a lot of players that have impressed me. You obviously had um, the two big guys, uh, Bamba and Date or Aiden, who lost in their first games, but they were looking solid, bro. Um, Aiden had 14 and 13. His team just couldn't score, and Bamba had 13 points, 14 rebounds, two or three blocks, and th- they're really looking solid. Um, one of the players that really, really stuck out for me. Uh, Colin Sexton, he played really, really well in their games. He was or his ga- their ga- first game. Sorry, I think he scored like twelve of their final fourteen points or something like that. He just he wanted the ball and he was going to it. So just watching these games and thinking, I don't think. Um, th- well, who, here, here's a question for you: What out of these players that you've seen so far, what ones do you think are going to be the most NBA? Uh, who, who are going to make the most impact in the NBA? J- just at first glance, it's hard to say because like as much as. You want to see the the best prospects perform at the highest level, like in the March Madness tournament. It's like a, a guy like Aiton is not going to lose draft stock. That's a, yeah, exactly. Like a, a guy point. like him, or you know, a guy like these guys are going to lose draft stock over getting knocked out in the first round. Like you know, it's it's not, certainly not helping them, but you know, they're not going to get pushed out of the first round or pushed out of the lottery because they lost, right? Like the best players are still the best players. You know, one thing that's kind of intrigued me the most is. Um, kind of the, the, the narrative around Trey Young after the Oklahoma losses. Like, pe- we, we saw multiple quotes from, you know, Western Conference executives, you know, NBA GM saying, this guy's not a lottery pick. Like, I don't I don't want this Bro, guy. Bro, this is setting up to be another Steph Curry thing. Like, 10 years down the road, it's going to be the same thing being shown on and, our Twitter And team. that's the other thing. Like, a lot of people, like, I mean, naturally, he kind of has a very similar game to Steph. 
But I mean, <laughs> he's not Steph Curry. Like we no, gotta no. we gotta <laughs> stop talking about an eighteen year old kid and you know a twenty nine year old greatest shooter of all time. Like we. We thirty gotta, now. He's thirty. We just got to slow the roll. Like, yeah, the Warriors took practice off because of Steph's birthday party. <laughs> like, who does that? It was definitely Kerr that set it off. Too, he's like, let's get loaded, boys. We're go- we're celebrating Steph's thirty. He walks up to Steve Kerr. And Kerr he's like, man, we we can't do this tomorrow. Like, we, we got we got to skip shoot around. Like, we can't. <laughs> oh yeah. 100%. I guess we we can go back to the NBA. Let's talk NBA. What do you think? You know. I mean, there's a lot of there's been a lot of injuries, and that's kind of been the biggest thing. Is you know, especially for the Warriors, Durant's out two weeks, Thompson's out for a couple of weeks as well, maybe more. Green has kind of has his shoulder injuries and his back problems and all this stuff, but he's playing. He played last night, but you know they're kind of being cautious with him as well. And, and Steph obviously has his ankle problems. So I mean, and it kind of it, it begs the question: like, how good is the Warriors? If you take away one of their guys, or if you take away two of their guys, like the Warriors aren't winning a championship without Steph Curry. They're not making it past Houston without Steph Curry, in my opinion. Like Steph Curry, like we've said multiple times over many different episodes, Durant's the best player on that team. Steph Curry is the most important, most valuable piece of that team. And it and when it comes to winning a championship, they're not doing it without Steph Curry. Like you could say what you want about the East, say what you want about how great the Warriors are. But they're as great as they are because of Steph Curry, and he he just brings everything into their offense. Well, even Durant said like it's weird playing out there with him because it's, it's a Steph Curry system that's it's in a, place. Completely different, completely different uh, world. Whenever Steph Curry's not on the floor, and I mean, and, and it makes us all think like you know injuries. You know they come and go. Like some teams deal with them. Oh some my teams God, are man. able this, to. This is one of the worst years I can remember in recent years. It, but like, listen, like when it comes to injuries. The Warriors have had, you know, really darn good luck over the last, like, three years. Like, they've been able to kind of shy away from... from it seems like every year there's always injuries around this time for the Warriors, right before playoffs. Last year, you remember Durant went out, and a lot of people were freaking out that Durant wasn't going to be healthy for the playoffs. But it's best now that Durant's going two weeks... He'll be out for two weeks now, then, two, then the next two weeks, you know? And same with Curry. Give Curry some rest. I mean, you don't. I don't think the Warriors are worried about a game against Sacramento in They're the not. middle of March. They're really not. Um, give Clay Thompson time to rest. Uh... Give the, give the, like like I said, it, it, this is literally the perfect time for them to get injured if they're going to get injured. And what really makes me upset is all these people who com- like are like, yeah, let's go. All the Warriors get injured. Like, you're you're, you're pretty pathetic if that's yeah. your approach to basketball. What's wrong with you? Yeah, it, yeah, really. I mean, sure, you can hate hate them all you want. I don't care if you hate them. It's it's what I don't agree with you that because for your reasons because you hate them because oh Durant's a snake, but. Either way, you, you should never wish an injury on a player, yeah, especially and the best, player especially in the, the world. best, pl- second best player in the world. And who wants to watch a playoff series with the Warriors missing three of their four best players? Yeah, and look, and again, injuries are always going to impact the game. It's just kind of one of those things you can't do anything about it. And if you look back the last like five years, injuries have impacted the championship picture every year. Like if you look at contenders the last five years. They like you look at Cleveland a couple years ago. They're missing Kyrie and Kevin Love. That's two of their top three players, right? Completely changes, could potentially completely changes. Who was missing last year? What's that? Who was missing last year? I don't know, but I'm just saying. Like, who was the, missing the year before that? But like, you look back at <laughs> three or four years in a row. OKC was missing key guys. Like Durant was out during the playoffs when potentially they had the best record in the West. They could have been a championship team with Kevin Martin. The year after that, Westbrook goes out. The year after that, Durant's gone the whole season, yeah. and they don't even make the playoffs. Right. So like, it just again, you're gonna see it again this year. Like, 
Okay, so what what team do you think um, was most hurt by an injury to the up to a player this year? Yeah. What team do you think is going to suffer the most? Uh, and I mean, I guess it, it really depends on how these Warriors injuries pan out. Because again, like if the Warriors don't win a championship because of injury, that's uh, obviously the biggest blow. But for that, me, that the definitely one, doesn't tarnish their legacy either, though. It doesn't tarnish it, but like it's a pretty annoying. It's annoying, and it also goes to show how hard it is to kind of win for... Because, like, let's say the Warriors lose this year, right? Because of injuries. That means they've won two out of four years, and they're in the same situation as Miami was, right? And sure, this is a better team than Miami was, but again, like, everything has to go perfectly for you to win three championships in a row, or four championships in a row. It's... I, I, I'd say, like, I'd say if we're looking at it, this is like the Durant Warriors. You could, you could say the Durant Warriors are one for one. Potentially could go like if the injuries don't screw them over two for two, and a lot of people think they could go three for three, which is just crazy to think about. But like you said, every single year it feels like injuries are the thing that comes up. So who, like I said, who do you think is going to be? Who, what team do you, at the end of the season do you think is going to be like what player? Um, like names that come to mind like Kawhi with the Spurs. Like that's one where I'm like, you know, who knows what the Spurs could be if Kawhi's healthy the whole season? They're able to kind of develop their whole team around him, going into the playoffs healthy, back. right? Second, the second name that comes to mind is Boogie. Like, you know, DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis are the best front court by far. It's not even close. Like, it's they're in a league of their own in terms of just one-two punch in the in the front court. Like, you know, like yeah, they're playing really well without Boogie. But like, and you know, Davis has kind of really been able to shine without him. But you know, they're obviously a better team with Boogie. Like, and again, Davis came out and said it a while ago. He said, you know, like. You know, me and Boogie on the same team going into the playoffs. Like, we're, we're, we're getting to the finals, maybe. <laughs> and, you know, maybe that's a little extreme. But, like, losing a guy like Boogie to a team like New Orleans, who, you know, they're fifth right now, or, you know, they're in the mix of that 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 11, 12, 13. <laughs> <laughs> they're in that mix. Actually, you can even go up to 11. Even the Lakers are still in the playoffs. They're in the mix, right? And and having a guy like Boogie down the stretch, you know, could win you some extra games, could really bump your seeding. You know, it can make a difference between winning or losing a, a first-round playoff series. So, like, there's so many injuries. Like, you know, uh, mine, mine is it's going to come off to like maybe a shock. I don't know. Depends on what kind of mood you're in. But um, <laughs> honestly, the the player, the team that I think uh, is hurting the most, and not not in a way that you think, uh, Gordon Hayward with the Celtics. This is a year where the Cavs were on. A, they're, they're obviously not as good as they were in past years. <laughs> so uh, I think with Gordon Hayward, the Celtics could beat both Toronto and Cleveland. So if they have Hayward, who's to say that with the sloping Cleveland and the upstart of Toronto, who, who who's to say that Boston doesn't end up making Boston it? could be in a different situation. I, I really don't think Boston's going to make the finals this year. I just oh, don't, I, no, I agree I just don't think they're going to get by Cleveland and Toronto. But put Hayward in that mix, man. Anything's possible. And I think I think honestly, when you walk into it. The top two are probably Celtics and Toronto, and uh, in a seven-game series with Hayward on that team, I'm going to take Boston. I'm sorry to all the Toronto fans. I'm sorry, guys. You guys are having an incredible year. You got year. Boston over Toronto. I got Boston, and, and with Hayward, I got Boston. Oh, with Hayward. Yeah, bad, with bad. oh yeah, not this okay, year. No, 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 not this year. I think I think Toronto's winning six max against Celtics this year. But with Hayward, though, I'm I'm going to take Boston. Man, with Hayward, that's a good series. And I that's probably and, exa- toward Boston. Yeah, too. exactly. And, and and like I said, obviously Celtics were able to work with them. They're 46 and 22 or something like that without him. So it didn't cost him a playoff spot. They're still top two in the East. But that being said, it could potentially cost them a spot in the finals. They look, Boston's a team, we've said it before, Boston's a team that could be out in the first round. If they re- they honestly could. They I could, could see a seven team a, a seven seed beating them because all it takes is just 
they go cold, if their team goes cold, it's, it's over. Um, I don't think Kyrie will be out for the entire playoffs, but obviously... I'm interested to see... Like, I know, you know, we kind of, like, hype up, you know, playoff experience and having veteran guys and, you know, kind of that whole narrative around, you know, teams when they get to the playoffs. And I know Kyrie Irving has a lot of experience. You know, he's been to the finals, he's got a ring, like, he's played alongside LeBron in those crazy situations. It's going to be fascinating to see Kyrie Irving and how he's going to lead the Celtics come playoff come playoff time when he's alone, when he's by himself, when he's the guy that everyone's going to be depending on to get a bucket in the fourth quarter. It's going to be different than it was in Cleveland, like a lot different, and I'm, I'm really interested to see how he's going to handle it. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, what, what's, uh, what's a team that um, in the West that you think is a dark horse? Oklahoma City. Oh my god. <laughs> We're in fourth, baby. No, um, the I got I, I'm gone. I still think they're gonna finish. Actually, you know what? Never mind. Port, port, I, I'm just gonna throw it out there now. Portland's my dark horse. You wanna um, know my dark horse? The Utah Jazz. Baby. Oh, the Utah let's Jazz. Let's go. Let's hear about Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, on, rookie of the year, baby. Let's go. <laughs> no, seriously. Like the the Jazz have just been so impressive. Like they got Gobert back, and they're like 19 and two since. They then. are insane. They're literally good. Just destroying everyone, like they're, and they're beating salty. Like they, they beat New Orleans the other day. Like they're just cruising, and it goes to show like they're up in the six, seven, eight mix now. Like God, they could be fifth, fourth by the time. Like they've only got one more loss than Oklahoma City does, and OKC's in fourth, right? So like you never know. Utah just keeps winning. Oklahoma City's got a tough schedule. Utah could be in fourth, like by the end of March, right? So like the way they've played has been so impressive. Like that kind of that duo of Donovan Mitchell kind of scoring leading the backcourt and then Rudy Gobert kind of fronting the defense and we like the Jazz have a historic defense since Gobert's back they're at like a like a it's like a under 100 defense since the Gobert's been back and it that, Gobert makes so much of a difference he's insane and, like and if Gobert was playing more like if he had played the whole season he, he'd be a clear favorite for defensive player of the year but just you know with green missing games um Embiid not like Embiid doesn't play on back-to-backs like Gobert missing games. Like, there's so many guys that would be in the defensive player of the year conversation that just aren't because they've just missed so many games and they just haven't played. I think the thing that's really helping the Jazz too, and I'm not, I'm not going to take anything away from the Jazz. I think they're really playing well, but they're they've really hit a spot in the schedule that's really really helping them out. They got a really, yep. for instance, over the eight games they've beaten uh, Sacramento, Orlando, uh, a week in Detroit, Phoenix. And their next three games are Sacramento, Atlanta, and Dallas. So they're in a spot right now where if they need to keep they can winning, pile on wins. they just keep piling on wins because they're in that really easy schedule. And then right after that, obviously, you got really three straight tough games against Spurs, Golden State, and Boston. Wow. But then you're back to uh, Memphis. And that, so over the next, the end of the schedule is going to be really tough for them. So they got to get the wins now because they play the Warriors twice. They also play Minnesota, Clippers, who are also fighting for it, and of course, Portland, who are also in that mix. But like I said, if, if if Utah can win the games that they're supposed to, they could very well easily be in the playoffs. I think San Antonio will still make it. I know everyone, there's a lot of speculation over that. But why doesn't Leonard want to play? He, the dude just refuses to step on the court. I, I mean, there's obviously a lot we don't know about that situation. Right? There's got to be. There's got to be some stuff under the curtain, bro. Like, on... <laughs> It just doesn't make any sense. Like, from anyone's perspective, it doesn't make any sense. If you're the Spurs, obviously you want your best player on the court. If you're Leonard, you obviously want to be on the court. So, like... Who knows what's going on behind the scenes, right? So, do they make the playoffs the Spurs? Like, listen, like, it, it would be insane if the Spurs don't make the playoffs because it's just such a, it's just not a Spurs thing to do, right? Like, they've made the playoffs, you know, for the, every year the last two decades, right? Yeah. So, like, 
it would be weird to see the Spurs not in the playoffs, not in the first round. But, you know. If they don't make the playoffs, prepare yourself for the memes of the last time the Spurs missed the playoffs, this was our cell phone. Or the last time the Spurs made the playoffs, so-and-so <laughs> was president or something stupid. Like, there's going to be a lot of stuff like that. <laughs> Yo, LeBron to Portland, question mark? Relax. Did you see what he said, bro? He's like, yo, you give, give me Damian Lillard, baby. <laughs> give me Damian Lillard. I'll bro, that'd be, that'd be oh, one my. hell of a team. Bro, LeBron was having a good time against Portland. You want to know what I know <clears> about <throat> LeBron, especially this year? Like, <laughs> and it, it hasn't seemed like that. Like, LeBron's always been, like, a very confident, like, not cocky, but he's always very, like, he carries himself. You know, when LeBron's in the room, you know he's in the room. Like, yeah. you know he's, like, LeBron is LeBron, and he kind of carries that with him wherever he goes, right? But this year, like, every time he's got a highlight play, you know, he's doing something crazy, like, it seems like at every opportunity, he's patting himself on the back. He's oh, going, yeah, oh, yeah. He's and like, I haven't seen that before. Like, this year has been, you know, he had 30,000 points. He had, like, the 30, uh, 38-8 club. You know, post on Instagram, he says, you know, blah, 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 whatever. You know, he has, has that... Strive to greatness. Has that crazy dunk <laughs> over Nurkic, and he posts, like, three times about it. I was like, okay, man, like, it's a dunk, like, whatever. Like, it's a really good dunk, but, like, like... Did you see what... I don't know what player it was. Um, there was audio of, like, it was captured, because you, you know how sometimes when they get down low to the game, you can hear the players. Yeah. But someone on the on the uh, uh, Portland was like... I don't know if it was Portland or if it was a fan, but someone goes, yo, where's Kyrie at? And LeBron looks at them and goes, yo, mama's house. And it's like, dude, what? Like, this is this is just LeBron ha- being himself, bro. This and, is, LeBron doesn't give a care. And it worries me because there's kind of two sides to this. Because, like, one thing is, like, yeah, he's having a great time. You know, he's just kind of being himself. He's free. He's kind of loosened up, you know, after that kind of all-star break, trade deadline tension, all that stuff's kind of gone by. But at the same time, it's like there's a whole narrative that kind of went around where it's like the Warriors coming into the season were pretty much – clear-cut favorites to win it this year. Still are, in my opinion. And the Cavaliers don't really have a... They didn't really have a shot. And, and there was kind of a narrative, like, you know, is LeBron just kind of flexing at every opportunity he can, you know, boosting his stats, kind of just going all in during the regular season because he know he's not going to stand a chance in the playoffs against them? Like, and we've said this so many times before on the podcast, like, in person. LeBron doesn't need to do anything more. He's already the second greatest player of all time. Yeah. Some will say he is the greatest player of all time. He's the first ever to do 38-8. and um, youngest player to get 30,000 points. He's won three championships. He's won a championship for Cleveland. Like, think if you think about it, the, the, basketball has been a part of LeBron's life for, for, for basically ever. For the, You could say probably for the last 32, 33 years. And do you think do you think the guy's getting, like, a little bored with it? I don't know if bored would be the answer. I think he just needs something different. Like, I don't want to compare him to Melo, but... In the way where Melo went from first option to third option with OKC, like I think LeBron needs that. Like I think LeBron is just kind of sick and tired of this having to do everything for everybody and you know Yeah. Putting up 35, 15, and 8 and losing by 15, like that's gotta get old. Like I think and again, I'm not I'm just speculating here, but if he goes to the situation with Portland, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Nurkic, LeBron Collins, like they've got a good team around them. I don't know. It might be in LeBron's benefit to just kind of take a little bit of a step back. I'm not saying go to the third option, but I'm saying like as LeBron kind of gets to the tail end of his prime, tail end of his career, he he's really going to enjoy being a second, third option as as he kind of gets older. I can easily see LeBron still averaging 18 points, seven rebounds, seven assists in his final year and winning a championship. Yeah, I, I could seriously see him doing that in his final season. Like I can see him doing it for the rest of the rest of his seasons in his career, and I think that's why LeBron had so much so much respect for Kyrie. 
was because LeBron knew when he could step off the court and Kyrie was on it, he didn't have to worry. Yeah. But I mean, who's gonna who's gonna take over the game with with Jordan LeBron Clarkson. on the court? Give, give the ball to Larry Nance and Jordan Clarkson. Oh my god! And, and, and look, so another thing is like during the the trade deadline, we kind of all hyped up this depth that Cleveland got. You know, they got all these bench players, they got all these young core, like, and people kind of looked at it as a you know, as, as a move now to kind of make them better to win a championship, but that's not what it was. It was a, it was a long-term move. It was a move to give them a friggin' team next year. Once to LeBron prepare left. for, you know, if LeBron does leave, like, they do have a future, and Cleveland's not going to hit the ground, like, face first, right? So, like, Cleveland right now, like, they don't have a great team. Like, they don't have a lot of help. Like, LeBron is doing everything by himself. You know, he's getting contributions from those bench guys and from those role players, but look, it's not a team that's going to win a championship. It's you know, it's it's a team that might possibly not even make the finals, right? Mm-hmm. So that team is a, and it just goes to show like how much talent you need to win in this league right now. Like, I think the I think the person out of Cleveland that's most likely to go by the end of the year is Tyron Lue, and I I could really see them trying to sign Fitzdale to to give them because Fitzdale is one of those coaches where when he was fired, LeBron was upset about it. Like he he, he spoke out why. about it. He, he he actually spoke out about it. So if Cleveland go out and get Fitzdale, who is a very respected coach, a very a very good coach, yeah, and put him on Cleveland, that that could keep LeBron around. Did you see him and Tyron Lue getting a little like a little bit of a fight on the bench, <laughs> bro? He he was literally yelling at him. Tyron Lue just sat down. I don't think like I think we like, over. I think we overdramat like I know, but I don't really think it was that big of a deal. Like it's. I don't know. Like it's I got a, I got a the score notification on my phone, so it had to have been a big Look, deal. <laughs> they're they're going back and forth on the bench. Like I, I don't think it's that big of a deal at all. Like and I know like we do have to look into situations like that, especially when it's a team that's not succeeding and a team that's underachieving, like the Cavs have been this season. We have to kind of look at situations like this and say, you know, is Tyrone Lou gonna be gone tomorrow? Like is you know, who's the coach of the future? Like, but at the end of the day, like, look, these guys are emotional. Like, Tyrone Lou used to play in the league, so, like, you know, he knows what it's like. Like, just, <laughs> I don't know. The I, NBA I, is low-key the greatest reality TV show of all time. <laughs> <It's> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's just, let's hop into the Saturday hot takes. Um, Atlanta and Milwaukee. Yeah, Bucks better win that game. Yeah, Bucks got to really start kicking it into gear here. Uh, I'll I say Bucks. Yeah, Houston and New Orleans. It's a big game. I think Houston's gonna win. I got the Pelicans. Uh, Indiana, Indiana, Washington. That's a big game. That is. That's you got huge. a lot of playoff implications there. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Did, did you know when Wall's gonna be back? He's set to be back by the end of March. Okay. I, I don't know what that's gonna do to them as a team. Who knows? I got I got the Wizards in that game. Um. Yeah, probably me too. They had, a, they had a really good game against Boston, bro. That double OT game. That was clutch. Really good basketball. Ooh, Dallas at Brooklyn. Star stud of the fair. TNT, get him on. <laughs> <laughs> mm. That's what I like to call must see TV. Bro- Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, sure. D'Angelo Russell's going to go for the three point record again. Uh, Charlotte and New York. Oh, guys, are really loading on the Saturday games for us uh, here. I don't know. Dwight, Charlotte, Charlotte, Dwight Howard. Dwight has had some really good games lately. He had like 30 and 14 the other day. Uh, Chicago, Cleveland. Or Cleveland and Chicago. I think that's a, a game that Cleveland needs to win. Freaking Cleveland better win that. Look, if Cleveland <laughs> leaves Chicago with an L, <laughs> you, you got some problems. Zach Levine's going to drop 30-30. Yeah, I got the Cavs. Uh, Denver and Memphis. Memphis is going for 20 straight losses. Denver, baby. Yeah, I'll take Denver. Oh, Minnesota, San Antonio. 
This is a big game. Yeah, like, it's huge. If Spurs lose this game, like, this could be a game we look back at and say, you know, that's kind of where they were on the line of being in the playoffs, and that's kind of where they were pushed out. Mm-hmm. Minnesota's oh. in the same situation. Minnesota's got to win. Both of these teams need to win this game. I'm going to go. It's in Santa. I'm going to go San Antonio. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take the Spurs. Uh, Sacramento at Utah. I think Utah's going to go for Utah, nine, baby. Eight. Let's go. Golden State of Phoenix. Phoenix. Golden State. Booker's. T- wait, yeah, they're in Phoenix. Phoenix. I'm going to go Golden State. Let's go. Uh, Detroit or Portland. Ooh. Portland's 12 straight. Pit, no, I think they're nah, due for a loss. No way. Not in Portland. They're due for a loss. Not in Portland. Pistons. Uh, Buck could get it of the night. Ooh. Um. <laughs> of 36 points. Giannis, 39. You always get yo. You're a, you're a very firm believer in Giannis. I love that man. As soon as that guy gets a jump shot, he's taking over the league. <laughs> He'll Simmons Simmons both. All right, yeah, all right. So yeah, okay. I'll go. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna give Lillard thirty eight points. Oh yeah, he's, he's he's better than thirty. He's thirty better than thirty. So he's gonna get those two clutch free throws at the end. To seal the twelve wins in <laughs> Puts a row him over the top. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks again, guys, for listening to the show. And we'll be back on Saturday as always. Have a great weekend, guys. 